my faults this day. Pharaoh was wroth with his servant and put me in ward in the captain of the guard's house, both me and the chief baker. And we dreamed a dream in one night, I and he. We dreamed each man according to the interpretation of his dream. And there was... For there was there with us a young man, a Hebrew, servant to the captain of the guard. And we told him, and he interpreted to us our dreams. To each man according to his dream, he did interpret. And it came to pass as he interpreted to us, so it was me he restored unto mine office, and him he hanged. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him hastily out of the dungeon, shaved him, changed his raiment, and came in unto Pharaoh. I want to preach to somebody here this morning. The greatest message you will ever preach is doing the right thing at the right time. The greatest message you will ever preach is doing the right thing at the right time. Father, I thank you for your people today. I thank you for your word. Ask you today, let your word go forth with a clarity and understanding and a power that God, it has. I'm asking you, let it do a work that no man can do. In Jesus' name we pray. God bless you and you may be seated. This text is probably a very uh, well-taught Sunday school lesson speaking of Joseph and his incarceration, the ending of it. But the butler played a role that many times we overlook in this text. Despite his carnality, his even unwillingness to help Joseph from the beginning, he still was a main player, a role in Joseph's purpose. You see, this is the part that sometimes we fail to remember because we know that God can do anything. But yet when it comes to the factor of humanity, that's where we struggle. I know God can do anything. I've seen him do it over and over. I've seen him do the miracles. I've seen him open blinded eyes or a deaf ear unstopped or cancer being gone or heart disease being healed or growths falling off or devils cast out or angels showing. I got that part. But when it comes to the factor of humanity, that's a hard one to believe for. And rightfully so because I understand Humanity has a human will. It has an element about itself that 
God doesn't violate human will is what we are taught and rightfully so. God's not going to come down and just grab you by the nape of the neck and say, you're going to do this. God don't operate that way. God's not going to grab somebody. That's what's so uh, perplexing, I guess, to say for sometimes a preacher because in a service like this, you you see the needs of people and the preacher wants to grab you by the nape of the neck. (laughs) But God don't work that way. God's not going to do that. He's going to just sit back and watch to see what's going to happen. So I understand that God can do anything, but when it comes to humanity, God kind of just sits back a little bit and just kind of lets things unfold because He's not going to violate human will. He's not going to come in and, and, and take control of that will of humanity that is bent against Him. But yet God will. When it comes to his purpose, navigate the scene so much that that humanity has no choice but to acquiesce to the will of God. God knows just how to set the stage and get everything just right, Brother Darrell, that even though I'm bent against God, he knows just how to let the stage get either turbulent and rocky or smooth sailing, whatever it may be, to somehow get me in your attention. Because God's a fair God, and God's a just God. And we're not going to slip off into eternity and say, God, you, you didn't give me a fair shake. You're, you're prejudiced. You, you gave him a better chance than me. God don't operate that way. God is fair, and God is just. But God sets the scene in situations that you and I can fulfill the purpose of God, no matter how far we are away from him. Or how far our promise is away from Him. If you're looking at a promise today or a hope and it's contingent on somebody else's sin, you need to take hope in this scripture today. Because hell ain't in charge of nothing and man ain't in charge of nothing. God's in charge of everything. And he knows how to set the stage and get what he wants out of it. You need to remember, Calvary couldn't be stopped by Pharisees. Calvary couldn't be stopped by the devil. Because wherever the purpose of God is, the power of God is. And nothing can stop it as long as you and I can stay in that plan. You see... God's got an unlimited amount of the jet of power. But he ain't going to come down and shake you up, Brother Darrell. But he'll let situations get a little rocky, Brother Bushnell. That everything's kind of... He'll let a little things come. Sickness may come. and Family trouble may come. and Situations may come. Because he's got a purpose that he's trying to fulfill... And without the shaking, we wouldn't see things that we would normally see if everything was okay. The shaking looses things. The shaking reveals things. These moments of discomfort cause us to look at things from a different angle that we've never looked at before. 
You see, God's not mean and God's not unkind and God's not trying to abuse his kids. What God's trying to do is, is just get us to see there's a purpose greater than ourselves. There's a purpose in life greater than just going to work at eight o'clock and coming home at five o'clock and eating a meal and going to bed. But there's a joy that's everlasting. There's a hope that when you go to bed at night, you don't have to fear the darkness of the night. But there's a hope that'll visit you in that room that you can make it through anything. Understand, he's unlimited in his power. Habakkuk said it like this. I love Habakkuk 3. God comes down in Habakkuk 3 and just destroys the whole place with his power. Micah, he lets everything shake. Things got, wind got to blowing. Ground got to shaking. Things got to be just being torn apart. And the prophet Habakkuk says, and there was the hiding of his power. He's got more power in hiding than you and I have ever seen. He's got more power kind of in reserve, kind of locked away. That's what somebody, you need to be encouraged today. It doesn't matter what your son or daughter may do. It may not matter what the economy may do. It may not matter what the job may do. You need to remember there's more power God has in hiding than you're seeing right now. And if you can lift your eyes by faith and realize God's got this, God's going to bring me through this. I'm going to make it through this. The greatest message you could ever preach is do the right thing at the right time lift your hands when you don't feel like it worship him when you don't feel like it come to church when you don't feel like it pray brother Langley when you don't feel like it live for God when you don't feel like it see but this world has done desynthesized us Because everything now is a feel. If I don't feel good, I just don't go to work. Get a hangnail and I can't go to work because I can't write that contract. Everything is about feeling. What do you think Hollywood entertains is for? Trying to reach for the feeling. And if it ain't that, I mean, my Lord, who cries over Lassie or Old Yeller? Feeling. The dog dies. We cry. But see, living for God ain't about feeling. Living for God's about faith. And when you don't know what to do and everything's pulling on you to do something different, if you and I can just in that moment do the right thing at the right time, it'll be a message to your lost loved ones. It'll be a message to the problems that you're facing right now that, hey, I'm not turning around. I'm not going back. I'm not backing up. I'm going to see my son saved. I'm going to see my daughter saved. I'm going to see my family saved. I'm going to see revival in Indian Village. I'm going to see miracles in Louisiana. I'm going to see it in North America. I'm going to see the coming of the Lord. Why? Because because I'm going to do the right thing today at the right time that if God comes tomorrow I'm ready to meet him well I can't if I do that today if I make a decision then if I do all that then I'm going to have to start doing all that why don't we just worry about like brother Tenney said the main thing keeping it the main thing the main thing is making it today and saying, I'm going to do the right thing. I know he's got power, 
And God can do anything. If Joseph, you don't think that boy got discouraged? The boy had more problems. I love Joseph next to David and Timothy, them three. To me, I, if you can't find an identifying factor in them three boys, I mean, to me, they were just real. Joseph was dysfunctional. That's the world's term today. He had a daddy that played favorites. He gave the coat to Joseph in spite of all the other brothers. That's dysfunction. That's how the word world calls it. That's out of order. You can't love one more than the other. You've got to love them. And here Joseph's life from the very beginning was literally based on people. Think about it. God gave him the dream. The dream to Joseph was your brothers are going to bow and even your old daddy is going to bow. But there's a factor in this supernatural promise. I'm going to show you what I can do in humanity because you're not figuring humanity. You're not figuring it into the equation of how it's going to happen. That's why somebody here today, you may have a son, a daughter, a loved one, an aunt, an uncle, a grandpa, whoever it may be. And you're looking at the fact that I've prayed. I've asked God for a miracle. I've asked God to do this, that, or the other. And you haven't factored in the humanity. I'm here to declare to you, if you just keep doing the right thing at the right time, God's going to make sure that there gets a butler on the scene and preaches a message to Pharaoh to lose your promise. Joseph's struggle... He got the revelation. But our trouble is that humanity. It's like when I first get the Holy Ghost. When I first got the Holy Ghost, Brother Jackson, my biggest problem was me. It wasn't devils coming in with pitchforks. It was myself. Because every morning I woke up, I looked at myself in the mirror and realized how sharp I am in living for God. But yet I also realized that's the way God lets it be. Because if I had everything, I wouldn't need God. That's where North America's in trouble right now. We don't need God. We got American Express. We got all the money we need, all the houses we need, all the cars we need, all the health. We got everything we need. Why do we need a God? When really God's trying to say, I allow these things to happen that you call out to me and realize there's something greater the tangible need. There's an eternal need that I need you to do the right thing at the right time at whatever the cost. And old Joseph got the miracle. I got a dream. Daddy makes him a coat. But now watch at the very beginning of Joseph's the boys are off. This still connects to Genesis 41. This, 41 gives us a name. Genesis 38, there ain't no name. The boys are all taking care of sheep over yonder. And the daddy comes and says, Have you checked on your boys? Have you checked on your brothers? It's almost like that father knew. The only way this is ever going to get rolling is I got to throw him into 
flesh. I got to throw him into situations. You think that daddy didn't know that them brothers were going to oppose him, Brother Charlie? That was a dumb daddy if he didn't know that. There's jealousy and envy amongst the family. There's jealousy against them brothers, against Joseph, because Joseph's got something that they don't have. Here's what he had, the favor of the father. Don't be jealous of people that have the favor of the father on their life. Don't be jealous because somebody's got something that you ain't got. Keep doing the right thing at the right time and God will turn events and you'll be blessed and favored of God. He had the favor of his daddy. And that daddy sends him to go find the boys. But now watch. On his journey, the Bible says, he didn't have a road map. It says a certain man showed up. A certain man. Didn't give a name. Didn't tell us his pedigree. He just said a certain man showed up to Joseph. Said, what you doing? He said, I'm looking for my brothers. And a certain man, flesh, pointed him. Said, there will be others. Sometimes God comes to you and I in ways that we don't understand. Sometimes he speaks in ways that we don't understand. Now, I've said it before, God will speak through a donkey and God spoke through a chicken so he can speak and use anything he wants. But God would prefer to use the voice of humanity. And he can use anybody regardless of what we think God could use your employer. God could use your job. God could use that angry boss on your job where he just goes to fitting on the job. Fitting. It's a new word for you. My job was he got to just cussing and screaming. Brother Mark can tell. But as he got to fitting and acting up, acting like a fool, it drew me to a secret place and I began to praise him. So what did I? It was a certain man. I learned I can praise God regardless of my environmental situation. Regardless of who is sitting by me or who is next to me or who I work with. If Joseph would have looked at that certain man and said, whoa, 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 whoa who are you? Let me see your credentials. Let me see your educational status. And if you're educated, now I'm going to listen to you. You see how the world now has spent whatever happened. And I remember the days of old. I was reading an old book of Brother Creel's. He gave me some of his books. I was reading one last night. And one of the most, I understood last night as I read that book. I see now what they had a hold of. It was a book wrote, wrote by Brother Urshan. And as I read in that book, 
I began to see what those men had a hold of. Here's what they didn't have education, they didn't have social status, they didn't have anything of a claim, but they had a word from God from prayer. They had spent time alone with God in prayer. They had spent days in fasting, days in prayer, days in sacrifice, and they got a word from God. And the congregation said, I'm not looking at your credentials. I know that you're a man sent from God. We need to restore back to the congregation and the church of God a relationship between the people of God. Show me your pedigree. Joseph didn't ask for no pedigree. When you're hungry and desperate and you're looking for direction, I've had people come to me. I knew they weren't living right. Just in passing, they would say something. Bless God, I ain't going to listen to you. Because I know last night, you were at the bar. God can speak through a donkey. And he can speak through a rooster. Do we have the gift of discernment to figure out whether that's God or not? That's why people get so crossed up with all this whole televangelist thing. Listening to people all over the sun. I can give you their names. They're nuts. This wasn't podcast. I would tell you their name. They're nuts. I know Jesus said, leave them alone if they're preaching my name. But they're not even preaching their name no more. They're preaching prosperity. They're preaching everybody's a millionaire. And Jesus and salvation ain't nowhere near it. But yeah, we're going to listen to their doctrine. We're going to listen to what they have to say. Joseph didn't look. He discerned in himself. See, this is the beauty of having the baptism of the Holy Ghost. When you receive God's Spirit, and as you, the way you know it, you speak another tongue, you ain't never The beauty of having the Holy Ghost and being baptized in Jesus' name, Sister Melissa, is the fact I can discern. That ain't right. That's right. See, we think the Holy Ghost is just for you getting it, and it is essential for salvation. Without the Holy Ghost, the Bible says, with a flaming fire of vengeance, he'll come upon those that don't receive the Holy Ghost. That's clear. Without obeying the gospel specifically. Speaking of the death, burial, and the resurrection. But the greater thing in it all is not just getting the Holy Ghost because my salvation now is secure, but it's letting the Holy Ghost work through me and lead me and guide me and show me what I need to do and how to make the next step. And Joseph just let a certain man now take him. Go on down yonder. And Joseph goes, finds his brothers, and in the midst... Of him coming to his brothers. They saw him coming. And they said. We'll see what comes. Of his dream. See man. Don't like your dream. Your dream. Of having your family. Your dream. Of having revival. Your dream. Of seeing miracles. Your dream. Of seeing sons and daughters. The enemy don't like and flesh don't like your dream. Because it knows. If that dream ever comes to pass. If they ever get their life right. Hell fitting to have a bad day. 
I said, hell is fitting to have a bad day. I wish somebody in this place could lift their eyes just a little bit. I know right now you may be in the valley and things ain't going right, but if you can lift your eyes just a little bit and begin to see, I'm going to keep doing the right thing at the right time because God's going to move in my situation. God's going to move. God gave me a promise. God gave me some dreams. God's given me the faith to facilitate that. saw him coming and said ooh we're going to take care of the old crazy Joe no pun intended Joe's coming down the road in daddy's favor isn't it funny sister that when the favor of God's on a person flesh can't stand ooh oh Stephen favor of God was on Stephen. The Bible says, and they gnashed with their teeth. They got so angry by the presence of God that was on that boy that they gritted their teeth with anger. That's how much your enemy hates God and hates you being here on this Sunday morning and hates you living for him and hates you doing the right Hates it, gnashing it. And those boys, little Joseph's brothers, saw the favor and said, uh-uh. And flesh figured out, not the devil, flesh said, let's kill this. The only thing that can kill your dream is you giving up in the flesh. You saying, uh-uh. I got some degree of God. I know God exists. I love God. But that's as far as I need to go. All that baptism in Jesus' name, man, that's, that's, that's a little far out there. That Holy Ghost, man, are you crazy? I don't want that Holy Ghost. If I get that Holy Ghost then I'm going to lose control and I can't let people see me lose control because see, my whole family depends on me. We're afraid of giving God control. See, but in Joseph's story, (laughs) to a man that says, I give God control, they couldn't stop the dream. It didn't matter. They took Joseph, threw him in a pit, Looked over the pit and said, ah, I got you. Flesh is looking at some of your dreams. The enemy working through it saying, I got it. I got it. You ain't never coming out of that pit. Ishmaelites come by and they say, you know what? We can't leave him here. Let's sell him. See Joseph's story of ups and downs. But yet, in that boy, he never gave up. Despite flesh and humanity and man. See, we've never equated in the equation man. And he's not controlled. Now, he may do some things that may hinder the work of God, that may stall the 
work of God. But you need to remember, if God ever said it, there's not one thing that can stop it from coming to pass. And if God said they're coming, they're coming. If God said you're going to be healed, then you're going to be healed. If God said in his word, by my stripes you're healed, then that means your mind can be healed, your body can be healed. That means if I just keep doing the right thing at the right time, praise him when I don't feel like it, worship him when I don't feel like it, to do good and to, do, to not to do good, and to know sell him to Ishmaelites and his journey then goes to Potiphar's house his brothers left him daddy didn't rescue him isolated alone and goes to Potiphar's house brother Langley and in Potiphar's house sister Potiphar makes a pass at him to violate his integrity he runs and she grabs the garment wrongfully accused but he never gave up lied on but he never gave up talked bad about but he never gave up It doesn't matter what they say. I know sticks and stones may break my bones, but words don't ever hurt me. You're a liar. They hurt. I hate that song. <laughs> I hate that. It's a stupid nursery rhyme. It does hurt. Tell your kids, it hurts. Sticks and stones. No, words hurt. You know why? Because death and life's in the power of the tongue. And when they speak against me, that's death. They're speaking against me. Well, I just don't like Brother Wayne. Look at him. He's all charismatic wearing a blue shirt today. Should be wearing white. Death. But instead, God, I love Brother Wayne. God bless Brother Wayne. God bless his family. Life. Joseph had his brothers talk about him. And Potiphar's wife lie on him. When he wasn't wrong, sometimes you go through things that you weren't wrong. But God's just seeing. Can you just keep your mouth closed and let God vindicate for you? The world says, take matters into your own hands. Fight this thing. And God says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I don't know about you, but I'd much rather them be in trouble with God than me because he has a better way of kind of taking care of people that talk about me and do things wrong against me. You need to remember God's fighting your battle as long as you and I keep doing the right thing at the right time. Joseph kept doing it always. Potiphar comes in and says, uh-uh. You tried to make a pass. I don't believe you. He gets thrown into prison. And now here's my son. He's in prison. Sitting there. Now, I don't know about you, Brother Savon, but I sat. I've watched that scripture from every 
I mean, just looking at it, sitting there, thinking on it. But I think there was a part of old Joseph, Brother Langley, kind of just picking in the dirt, saying, I see what this living for God's done for me. It's gotten me lied upon. It's gotten my family to turn against me. It's gotten things. My life has been miserable. And now I'm stuck in prison for something I didn't do. You ever felt trapped for something you didn't do? You weren't guilty of. And when it it feels like all the wrongs are getting by when you've done everything right, God puts a butler and a baker in the prison with you. God, I love preaching. Because when I see it, see, it's giving me hope. Because when man comes and says, I'm in control, I go and say, no, you ain't. Because God's going to put a butler. God's going to put a bay. God's going to let things happen in situations that I thought were over and hopeless. God lets them slip in. And God's already working. I love that song. God's working even when I can't see him. I'm telling somebody on Sunday morning, God's working for us even when we can't see him. He's working on that backslider. He's working working on that son and daughter. He's working in Indian Village. He's working on the church. And we've got to keep doing the right thing at the right time. That old butler and baker in the prison. They got a dream. This is how I would have responded because I'm not as saved as Job or Langley. You interpret dreams and tell us what it means. If it was me, I'd have been like, go figure it out yourself. See, y'all all saved. Y'all won't do nothing like that. Y'all got the Holy Ghost since your mama's womb. I, I know that. I ain't. So part of me says, I don't like where I am. I don't like what I'm doing. I don't like none of this. And it wasn't my fault. Did anybody get honest today? I don't like my job. Don't say you don't like your wife right now. <laughs> or your husband. Keep that one in your thought tank. And suppress that as far as you can. Because I ain't doing no divorce counseling right now. Y'all stay together. You interpret your own dream. But see, little did old Joe know, your interpreting and willingness before God is what keeps this thing going. Joe didn't get an attitude. Joe didn't get mad at flesh and God. He said, here's the interpretation. Butler, you're going to be restored back to Pharaoh's house. Baker, I see a bread on your head and your head's going to be cut. Da, 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 da. You basically did it. Joseph was still willing, despite the valley and what was wrong. That wasn't even his fault. He stayed willing to flow 
the only thing that can stop God's flow on your road is flesh. That's it. Think about it. We come to church today. What's on your mind? Well, well, this, that. You got a phone call right before church. You got this before. What's on your mind? And right now, before you even come into church on Sunday morning, God's got the word, the bread of life. But the battle is between my two ears. My flesh is saying, you don't understand. I don't feel like listening. I don't want to be in the flow. I don't want to get in God's. I need a miracle. I need God just to do it now. I don't need that. God's saying, don't work that way. Don't work like that. You've got to be willing, regardless, that when the baker comes and says he's got a dream, because your willingness determines you getting out of that prison. Your willingness determines you getting out. And watch what it says. They both leave. The butler's restored. The baker dies. That's a good message too. Baker represents bread. Butler represented the wine. Let me tell you the battle we fight in church services and living for God. We're ready to take the head off of the man that delivers the bread. But give me the wine of pleasure and I'm happy. Come on, preacher, tell me how to be more pleasurable. You understand? Me and your job is the hardest it's ever been. Maybe I need to retire. Because my battle... Is fighting against Hollywood that is everything about pleasure. And I'm over here saying, but here's the bread that'll save your soul. Here's the bread that'll put your marriage together. Here's the bread that'll heal your body. Here's the bread that'll sustain you through your dark hour. But we've grown to a Piccadilly buffet. I'll pick this, but I don't want that. Just let me come to God. Live, just sit on the pew. But I don't want to make any decision to live for him with a deeper consecration. So here's what God says. Uh Uh-oh. There's a preacher now. There's a preacher there. There's a saint there. And they're going to get to praying. And now they're praying for your lost soul. So here's what's about to happen. Your world's about to get real rocky. Because God don't violate human will. You say, well, man, that's me. No, it ain't. I'd rather see you saved and living for God than to see you going lost. Jesus said it's better for you to, to, to go to, uh, what was it, hell or heaven with, with a, without an eye. Basically, go cripple, but at least you're saved than for you to be whole and be lost. God ain't worried about you being well and healed. That's the prosperity mindset. He's more worried about, are you right with me? And if you're making the right decision at the right time. And your prison is determined by my willingness or your willingness. That old butler who represented the pleasure, carnal, flesh, lost, The purpose of God cannot be stopped. 
The purpose of God cannot be stopped. The only thing that can stop it is breath in your body. And God, as long as there's a church praying, as long as there's a mom and daddy praying, as long as there's a saint praying, God keep the breath in their body that they can come to an understanding. I need God now more than I ever needed him before. Some mama needs to be happy. Some daddy needs to rejoice that as long as there's breath in their body, God will send a butler to them that'll give the word to Pharaoh to restore your promise. Jesus, he never stopped. He went to the garden, prayed his great drops, sweat, Because the purpose, doing the right thing at the right time, brought miracles down the road. What about Judas? He came, he told the armored guards, he said, the man I kiss, that's the one you're to take. Watch what Jesus said. Judas came, kissed him. I ain't kissing you. Don't get nervous. You Paul is thinking, oh my God, is this preacher about to kiss me? I'm about to knock him out. I love you, but I ain't love you that much. Feelings mutual. Don't start doing no holy kissing up in here. Uh, We ain't having none of that. Judas came and kissed Jesus on the cheek. And what did Jesus say? Musicians, come, I'm done. Come, come, come. What did Jesus say? Can you, joking aside, can you let your friend get close enough to you, which really is your enemy, or can you let your enemy get close enough to you and still call him friend? Oh, I could preach an hour on that one. Can you let him get close enough to you? No. I got to watch that one. That nutty is a fruitcake. I got to keep them away. They hurt me last time. And we keep our enemies. And when Jesus said this, friend, why? Because anything that God uses to fulfill his purpose in you is a friend. And you think it's your enemy that you hate. But I hate them. I don't like them. I don't like this one. I, my God, they're wrong. They're a devil. They're this. They're that. They're blah, blah, blah. When really God put them in your life to save you. And Jesus said, my friend, Jesus, who had all power, Sister Melissa could come down to old Judas and say, you're a devil. I rebuke you. Let lightning fall. He could have killed him. But he knew. It was through Judas's betrayal that it would lead him to his purpose. And whoever you're calling enemy could be the one that if you would just forgive them and let God work could be the thing that reveals your purpose in God. I'm talking about doing the right thing at the right time. No, G- Judas, you ain't coming. Timing. I don't want you kiss. Don't you come near me, you betrayer, you backstabbing jerk. 
Come on, y'all get honest. Y'all, you know good and well, y'all say all that too. They're a jerk. They're mean. Man. And God's saying, my purpose, I'm using them for my purpose. Here's the conclusion. The last verse, the butler gets in the the butler gets in there and he forgets old Joseph. And when he forgot him, even the butler didn't have a clue he was fixing to be used of God. He forgot about Joseph. He's living it up, drinking the wine, having a party, getting drunk, just having a ball in Pharaoh's house. But old Pharaoh has a dream again. And that old butler knew if I don't help this old boy out, I may end up like the baker. What is it that you may be facing that it seems impossible? But you need to hear me. There's a butler and a Pharaoh that's got your dream kind of locked up and at the right time that butler because he's afraid of his own present condition he gonna give it up he's at the right place at the right time and he gonna tell Pharaoh and your miracle's gonna be released stand with me who today maybe You've never had the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You've never been baptized in Jesus' name. Well, here's what the scripture says. On the day of Pentecost, Peter preached the message. At the right time, he did the right thing. And he preached the message. Repent. Be baptized, every one of you, for the remission of your sins. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The message was given at the right time. Because a man was at the right place. So here today, if you've never had the Holy Ghost, God will give it to you. But here's the thing, I can't give it to you and I'm not going to beg you to get it. I'm not going to prostitute God's gift. I'm so tired of that, Brother Bushnell. I'm so sick of it, Pentecost, church and your Christian team, whatever we want to call it. I'm so sick of it. We prostitute that gift and beg people to live for God. You know what? If you want to be lost and go to hell, that's okay. That's your choice. But it won't go because I didn't say. Except a man be born again. He will not enter into the kingdom of heaven. It won't be because I wasn't in the right place at the right time. As the preacher. But to somebody here today. That you need a miracle. Do you need a miracle? I'm here to tell you, if you'll just stay the course, live for God, hunger for God, repent, God can do a miracle for you today. I want us to lift our hands and I want us to pray. Father, I thank you for your people today. I thank you for the anointing that is on your people today. There's miracles here today. There's miracles here today. There's miracles here today. Come on, let's just ask God to forgive us today. I'm fixing to open these altars. 
But let's ask God to forgive us today. God, forgive me today. Forgive me of something. Forgive me of what I've done, what I said, what I lived. Forgive me of my doubt. Forgive me, God. Come on, Joseph got frustrated in the prison. That's why he had to stay there two more years. Come on. Grab the hand to the person next to you. Come on. It's husband and wife typically on Sunday morning. And let's come. Come on. Let's all come together as a family today. Come on. Let's come together as a family today. Come on. Come on. There's miracles here this morning. There's miracles here. There's miracles here. There's miracles in the building today. And if you'll hunger for God, not His power, not His miracle, hunger for Him, you can leave here with a miracle if you'll seek His presence. Come on, lift your hands, lift your voice right now as they lead us in that song. I surrender to you today, God. Surrender to the process. Surrender to the purpose of God.